You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, in, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody, it is Thursday night, November 2nd. Halloween is behind us. It is November 2nd, 2023. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. I'm going to go around the room here and introduce this cast of characters that we have on this show like I do every week. Back, we are back to regularly scheduled programming this week. Jason is back off assignment. From the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, welcome back, sir. Good to be back. Better week this week? Yes. Much Excellent. Better. Excellent. Good to hear that. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, the man that I have just completely forgot his entire intro because I have had a horrible <laughs> week. I podcasted last night, podcasting tonight. We're going to be podcasting all week. <laughs> he is the minister of truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, the man with the golden shovel, and uh, Ray Cash's daddy. It is Rob. Welcome to the show, sir. Good to be back. I hope Ray Cash hears that one. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the last two weeks' episodes of the DWI Podcast. Jason, Rob, and myself were on there uh, last week, we did some trivia with AJ and a few other guys, PC Tunney, uh, Ray Cash was on there, and, uh, Ray and Ray and Rob continued their rivalry. It was a good time. A good time was had. Uh, and then last, last night, uh, that episode should air, I think, uh, on Friday, the DWI podcast. Rob and I were on there again. We did uh, some more trivia for the DWI's 400th episode. We had a blast on there. Uh, Chris Platt came back on. AJ was there. DPP. Dave, Dave, the uh, Dave, the lawyer was on there. We had a blast. We talked a little bit of Crown Jewel. Uh, we're going to do that tonight. But uh, Rob, sorry, I stepped all over you there. How are you, bud? Oh, not too bad. Can't complain. And look, it's always good to get a victory on trivia, especially over Ray. Uh, Rob is t- Rob went two weeks straight winning trivia, didn't you? Oh no, I didn't win last week. I won. This I week. thought you won last week. Who won no, last week? No, last week I thought I was I almost was there, but. Was it DP? Did DP win? I think so. Yeah, I think DP may have won. So, yeah, he won. Uh, but anyway, it was a good time. Go check those out, man. We had a lot of fun with those guys. Uh, trivia with AJ is always fun. I was horrible. I completely phoned it in last night on, on trivia because I genuinely, say for one thing, I didn't know any of the answers. It was like the worst trivia ever for me. I am the man with the award-winning and holy beard, DJ. We are going to kick things into high gear tonight. We are talking crown jewel WWE over in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia this weekend. We got a lot to talk about. And then uh, when we're done with that, we're going to, you know, we're just going to kick some random stuff around. We have no real agenda tonight. We're going to call it in the ring and have some fun. I'll so I'm going to kick. I'm just, sorry. I've just stumbled across a, a quote here that you guys might find interesting. Rob, hit us with it. All right. This is uh, John Cena talking about Randy Orton. Says, Randy is my generation, Shawn Michaels. He has an understanding of nuance, the best timing of anybody. And shows emotion as a performer. He's incredible. He makes it simple. What do you guys think about that? Ah, that's I read that earlier today, and I had had it in my head to bring that up. And thank you for oh, doing that because it fell right out of my head. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cook on that for a minute, Jason. You got any thoughts? Uh, no, because I'm not gonna argue at all. I don't. I I can't really find any lies in the things the guy's saying. Um, and he's obviously been in the ring with him more than. You know, a few times. He's been in the ring so, with both of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, so he, of of all people, he would know. So, no, Randy's a hell of a performer. So, yeah, I, I'll, yes, correct. Yeah, Rob? I think what's long been understood, I think, by a lot of people that Randy excels at stuff that 
internet nerds don't necessarily notice. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's so when people when people like John say that about Randy, um, it makes sense. Um because like because you know, look, Randy doesn't do fifty million fifty do things. And yeah, I mean there's stuff just that if if that's all you're looking for, then you're gonna just miss things about how he works in the ring. Um and so and look again it's coming from John, so I'm not here to argue with John Cena on this one. So Yeah. I and also I'd say there's only two guys on this planet that have said yes to Brock Lesnar busting them open the hard way with his elbows across their foreheads. So and Randy's one of them. Randy's one of them. I I have a complicated wrestling fandom with Randy Orton. Now when Randy Orton was a rookie, I saw what they wanted out of him. I was willing to give it a chance. About two years in, I checked out on Randy Orton. I'm like, I'm just not feeling this. This guy ain't for me. And it was also around that time where Austin was about to retire. The Rock was moving on. The Undertaker was getting older. <clears throat> and then much like John Cena, I, I saw Randy as a as a filler for those guys. And this was more me being a gatekeeping fan and not understanding just how good that guy was going to be. I mean, the hell, they were even calling him the Viper. At one point, I'm like, okay, we've got the rattlesnake, we've got the viper. What are we doing here? This is a surrogate, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not here for it. Um, years later, after I checked out of WWE, checked back in, much, much bigger fan and much more appreciation for what Randy Orton does in that ring now. As I've peeled back what I think I know and actually just watched him in the ring, they got the number one thing, John. I, John Cena hit the nail on the head about was his timing. There ain't a better wrestler in the ring today. I mean, I know Randy's been off, you know, out with an injury for about a year now, but there ain't a wrestler currently going that has as good a timing as Randy Orton. And I can go back to certain points in time and 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 point that out to you. There was one where was it Paul London who did the shooting star press and Randy hit him with the RKO? It was either him or Evan Bourne or one of those. It was Evan Bourne. It wasn't, it wasn't Paul London. It was Evan yeah. Bourne. Evan Bourne, just the timing on that was impeccable. There was another one where uh, Heath, it was, he was in the ring against, it was a tag match, and the segment was, at the time, it was him and Heath Slater. Heath Slater had tagged in. Heath was going to slingshot himself over the rope to get in there, and Randy just caught him in that that just beautiful power slam that he does. And the timing on oh, it God. was absolutely impeccable. Right. And and that's when I really started to pay attention to what Randy was doing in there. He's also the king of letting a moment breathe. Nobody lets a moment breathe like Randy Orton. That dude will do something. He, he knows how to emote so perfectly. Like <clears throat> and he knows how those to moments. Yeah. He, he, he like. Sorry to cut you off, but like that's one of my favorite things about him is like when when certain guys are like getting a you know. Giving a giving a guy a ten second breather, or just letting hey, would something big just happen? Let's let that go. Let's let that vi- like vibrate. And he just the way he, a lot of guys will just stand there, or they'll just glower, or they'll you know they'll basically pause in the moment. Yeah. And he he emotes and he shows you like what he's thinking in that moment. It's very well, cool. Sorry. He takes the energy of the crowd in that. Like he'll hit a move, and then he'll stop. And he'll let the crowd digest what he did, just did. And even though if you know the next move that's going to so he doesn't just hit him with the, um, like that, that DDT that he does. Well, he's got the, I forget what he calls it. He's got the feet dangled on the second rope and he, yeah. he does the DDT. He doesn't just yeah. get right back up and do another move. He stops. He looks around. He draws the energy from the crowd. You know what I just did and you know what's coming next. But I'm not going to do it until you let me know that you know what's coming next. And then he throws that energy, radiates that energy back out in the crowd and then goes to the next thing. And I think it's absolutely amazing. He, he talked about that on the uh, Broken Skull sessions with Steve Austin. Steve was talking about a, I think it was a ladder match with him and John Cena. And they were right down to the end and Cena's laying down on the mat and Randy Orton's about, it's literally, he's at the top, you reach up, you grab the belt or the briefcase or whatever it was in the moment and you take it down. And Steve looked at him, he's like, there's a point where you stop, and you could have had it, you could have just reached up, snatched it off, and been the winner. He's like, you stopped, and you looked down at John Cena, 
and then you went back up and grabbed the belt. And it's little stuff like that that Randy does. And Randy explained that. He's like, yeah, he's like, you got to make them want it. And, and so many guys in this business are in such a hurry to get to the next move that they don't make the crowd want it. And, yeah, some of it's cool shit. You know, some of the moves are pretty hot and they're pretty neat and they're pretty athletic, but there's no there's no emotion to it. And I, I feel like when Randy's gone, when he's done, that's going to be a, a lost art if somebody else doesn't pick that up. And I don't even know if I want to call it the best or whatever, but in my professional opinion, the coolest power slam in the game. Um, so, yeah, that guy's... I love, For I'm, my money, it's the best. I mean, I haven't... Obviously, there's thousands of wrestlers wrestling on the indies who I've never seen, so there may be somebody out there doing it just as well. But I know Cody tries it, and it ain't as good. Yeah. Um, right. There's a few other people that have tried it, and it ain't as good. I mean, Dustin Rhodes has got a pretty good one. Um, yeah, Goldust is pretty pretty damn slick, and his timing on it is really good. But off the top of my head, the only one I can Randy Orton for me is is top of the top of the list on that snatch. Yeah, and, um, I'd say I'd say Cody's slam. a second though, because Cody puts a little more power into it, and Randy yeah. just has more. What's it? Snap, and yeah. it looks cooler. And uh, you know what? A good Bobby Eaton did it really well. Bobby Eaton did it real well. Yeah. Believe it or not, depending on who was taking it, the Ultimate Warriors looked pretty good too. Like if he uh, was taking it on somebody Sam. who knew how to take the bump, he he could he could arch himself and, and throw himself into it enough where it looked it looked pretty impressive. He hit Owen Hart with one one time that was really good, but it's Owen Hart taking it. Yeah, Sting had well, a pretty good one back in the day too. Yeah, so no. we're talking power slams. Anyway, Sting. Sting. Yeah. Yeah, Lex Luger did too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Right. anyway, we well, weren't talking uh, power slams and uh, and well, we were talking Randy Orton, but we weren't. No, but that was a nice little detour, and I'm glad Rob brought that up because that's yeah. Randy's a good discussion. I mean, one day when he re- retires, you know, if this is still a thing, we should really have a, a really good Randy Orton discussion. Oh, one could be had for sure. All right. Uh, well, Jason, let's get into Crown Jewel, buddy. Yeah. All right, so we have, uh, starting off the show, we have a pre-show match of one Sami Zayn versus J.D. McDonough. And uh, I don't know, is it, is there a condition like J.D.'s actually going to get in the Judgment Day, or is he just, you know, he's just um, faffing about? No, this is the Sammy, this is the Get Sammy on the Show match here. Yeah, well, there you go. So, yeah, Sammy's going to win, obviously. I don't think we're going to go along on that guy. Rob? Yeah. Well, I'll kick it over to you. Yeah. So I, I think, well, now, I mean, in particular, you know, given how kind of the relations have gotten better, it's actually now, you know, Sammy is probably somebody that they actually want on the show now. Yeah. You know, uh, now that he's allowed in the country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and he was such a big hit there at the, um, was it, Knight of Champions? So, yeah, I think it wouldn't surprise me if they if they asked for him. You know, um, but yeah, this is, I think, you know, this is to get him on the show and then it's also to have them both in the building if some shenanigans go down later on in one of the other matches. Yeah, good point. Did Uh Yeah, I expect a good match. I expect a good showing out of J.D. McDonough. Obviously, he's, you know, one Hunter's boys and he's, he's somebody that he's hoping will make a connection one way or another with the crowd enough to make something out of him. He's an incredible worker. I like watching J.D. McDonough work. Uh, whether or not he's going to get over as a character is still to be determined. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, this still feels kind of like, uh, you know, one, we've got Sammy over here because we may need him for something later, but let's get him on the card because they want him there. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'll pop the crowd match, and I love it. No, Nobody better for that than Sammy. So uh, next up, let's go with we have Cody Rhodes taking on Damian Priest. I mean – this it all depends on I don't know. I feel like this is gonna be Cody because you know another pop the crowd kind of moment and Damien will be just fine and he's got the money in the bank and you know we could keep on trucking unless there's some sort of you know judgment day interference. But uh, I look for Cody to win this one. DJ 
Yeah, I, I, I called differently on the DWI podcast last night, but they asked me first. I gave my opinion. I thought it was going to be Damian Priest, but I there's also several things that could go on later on in the night. So I, I think Cody wins this one. Uh, excuse me, Rob. Yeah, me and DJ are just like, don't worry. We, we do. <laughs> you, it's Rob, the haircut, know, Rob. Of yeah, all right. people, you should know I don't see color. Come on. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I think Cody wins. And I think, yeah, this is another match to get people on the card and also to have them in the building for, you know, something later. Um, and I'll get to that when we. Uh, get to one of the later matches, but there's yeah, there's there's a certain thing that yeah, I think need, needs to happen on this show, and I think that's why the, both of these guys are there. Okay, uh, so next up, uh, we've got a da, 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 singles match for uh, let's see. Oh, sorry, I just lost my place. There you go, John Cena and Solo Sokoa. So I, sorry, Solo, I don't. I don't see much of a chance of John Cena losing this one. Um, and I think this is John Cena paving the way to Team John Cena versus Team Bloodline or something like that at Survivor Series. Or, you know, some sort of John Cena-Roman Reigns showdown. Maybe do do that again. Uh, I don't know. But, I, you know, it's John Cena. Of course he's going over. Deej? Uh, yeah, I think John Cena goes over. I do like this match, and again, I talked about it a little bit on the DWI podcast. It's a great callback to John Cena and Umaga's feud, you know, about a decade or so ago. Uh, absolutely incredible blood feud between the two of them, so there's history here already built in. I love that they're kind of playing off that a little bit. I, you know, I expect a really good fight here, and but I, I, I also like what they're doing with John Cena's story right now is, you know, have I still got it? You know, and, and I think that at his age, that's a reasonable story to start telling. You know, that's a question we can ask. It's like, okay, we're, he's what, 40, what, 45, 46, something? Something like that, John Cena is? I know he's early mid-40s. And, you know, he's on that other side of the other side of the mountain, going downhill. And not that he's, you know, he's obviously in better shape on his worst day than I am on my best day. But as a wrestler, at this point in his career, he's starting to ask that question. They're like, you still got it? And he's like, well, what if I don't? And I love that. 46. 46. Okay, so I was close. I was in the ballpark. I just, I love that. You know, him just looking at the crowd and saying, you know, what if I don't still got it? I need to know. And and I think that's great storytelling. All right. Rob? Uh, Yeah, I think he wins it here. Um, Because, I mean, he's got to win something. Right, I'm working at that point with him. You can't, you can't even lose every every time he goes out there for a singles match. Now he's got to win something. So I think this is the one for, for him to win. And it doesn't hurt Solo at all. No, no. All right. So next up, we've got a the WWE Women's Championship match for the, uh, we have the champion Io Sky with of course Damage Control in tow uh, versus Bianca Belair. Uh. Yeah, I don't think we're putting the belt back on Bianca yet. Um, I'm sure her next championship is somewhere around the corner, um, as deservedly and it should be. But anyway, I look. Uh, I think this is just this is just gonna be a straight up. You know, you can call it as soon as the match uh, starts. EO is gonna win by, via some sort of interference. Whether that interference almost costs her the title and then she wins anyway. Um, when we go backwards in that thing with her and Bailey, or you know, it's just straight up bad guy outsmarts the good guy, and we're out of here. But I think EO is gonna walk away with her championship. Rob, what do you think? All right, this is where I make my wild and crazy prediction. Whoa, okay. Uh, EO is going to keep the title, but it will not be because of Bailey, it will be because of Kyrie Sane. Mm. Okay, okay, and, uh, you know, because. She's going to join Damage Control. Uh, yes, and I'm saying she joins Damage Control. Remember, he, her, she, and EO were tag team partners in NXT. So even though, so there's there that, uh, even though she did feud with Bailey previously, um, you could very easily Bailey kicked that. her out of the company. Yeah, well, Bailey ran her out of territory. 
Yeah, but you could very easily explain that, that EO called her and, you know, didn't ask Bailey for permission. <laughs> and Yeah, you're doing and that, that division And that could anyway. add to the tension in the group, you know, uh, because they need, they need another member because right now, you know, I mean, Dakota can't get in the ring yet. She's not cleared. So you have two women who can fight, Bailey and EO, against five who have a problem with them. Yeah, you know um, Bianca, Charlotte, Oscar, Shotzi, and Zelina all have issues with damage control, and we're kind of getting to the point, logic-wise, where you just say, well, "Why don't the five of them just come out there and four of them beat the shit out of Bailey, and then whoever's in the ring with EO can win the title?" Yeah, um, we're kind of we're kind of getting to that point now. Um, yeah, so they they need somebody else to you know to you know even things up a little bit. Or else, or else, like I said, or else this 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 is going to stop making sense very quickly. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Deej? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I like Rob's scenario. I like his booking. I, I think that would be a really neat thing, and it makes sense because again, we are getting down to we're getting down to the wire. And if there's going to be a women's war games match, and if any combination of the women that he mentioned are going to be in that match, we gotta we gotta pad the other side. You know, there ain't no way that those two girls are going up against, you know, the likes of Charlotte and Asuka and Bianca Belair and Shotzi Blackheart and Zelina Vega. Um, although I think Zelina Vega in a War Games match would be absolutely incredible. Um, oh, sign me up. But, it, yeah, there, there's got to be – we've got to pad the other side here. And so I like that idea. I Either way, I don't see this title changing hands on Saturday. All right, I think we're all in agreement there. All right, so then we're going to go over to uh, we had the other uh, women uh, women's world championship match. Quick shout out to those people who said it was just PR. They're never going to have a women's match ever, ever in Saudi Arabia. Quick shout out to you people. Stick it up your butt. Anyway, fatal five way match for the women's world championship. We have the champion Rhea Ripley defending against. Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark, and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, Rhea's not losing her championship in Saudi Arabia. Rob. Um, first of all, um, I think, you know, for, for all of you people on the internet, you need to say thank you to Nia Jax for reviving the energy in the Raw Women's Division. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because it, did, it just wasn't there before she came back, folks. And, you know... You can, you know, you can deny it all you want, but this thing is a lot more interesting with her in there. Um, but it's, I mean, obviously, look, they put five women in the match to stack the odds against Rhea, and one of those women is in that match to take you pin, and I believe that's Zoe Stark. Um, so, yeah, I think Rhea hangs on here. Okay. Did you? I am really looking forward to this match. Uh, one, because we've got a couple of powerhouses in there in Nia Jax and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, is it Rodriguez or Gonzalez? Which one is she going by? She's Rodriguez. Rodriguez. She's Rodriguez now. Okay, I got so used to calling her Gonzalez. It's Rodriguez. I'll try and double R. That's it. That's how I'm going to remember it. Double R, Raquel Rodriguez. Got it. Now it's locked in. It's in my memory. A couple of powerhouses Rodriguez there. Rodriguez on Raw. And she wrestles on Raw. That's a triple R. There you go. There you go. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing and Zoe Stark, powerhouse in her own right. She's not quite as big as those other girls, but I'm looking for, I'm looking for some lady house fight going on here, and I'm hoping I get it. I definitely don't think, I don't think Rhea's losing though, and I unfortunately, as much as I love Zoe Stark, I think she's, uh, I think she's eating the pen Saturday night. All and right. a side note, uh, okay, so Ra Raquel's her real last name is Gonzalez. Okay. <laughs> well, just like a, with a Hercules Hernandez, his real last name was Fernand was Fernandez, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, Rick Steiner's real last name is Rex Steiner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so messed up. Um, let's see. Uh, who? Uh, Rob, did you see your piece? Yeah, I did. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. That. Yeah. Let's see here. Sorry, my phone just died. Okay, uh, next up we got Rey Mysterio defending his United States Championship against Logan Paul. 
I think this could be the one title change of the evening. I don't know. Logan Paul, I mean, unless he has any commitments coming up, um, I I think, you know, the kids, he's hot, and they're obviously, you know, going to take him as far as he want to, wants to go. It looks like, obviously, he had a match of Roman Reigns. So, you know, yeah, strap him up. Let him be a jerk about it for a couple of months. Um, I, I love the idea. But um, either way, I think it's going to be a fun match because, you know, Obviously, Logan has shown that he can go, and Ray. If Ray's quarterbacking, then I think everybody's gonna be just fine. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Whatever happens, DJ. Yeah, I agree. This is the one of two titles that I could potentially see changing hands uh, Saturday night, and then actually, this is my number one that I see changing hands. Absolutely no reason in the month of November why we can't have Logan Paul as the champion. And he, there's no reason why he shouldn't hold that thing until Royal Rumble. You can leave the U.S. championship on him until Royal Rumble. And, you know, like Rob was saying on DWI last night, he can be on the Impulsive show with that belt sitting right over his shoulder. And, like, a point I made, if he's the champ, anyone who wrestles him while he's champ is automatically going to benefit from the exposure. Because anybody who follows him that's even remotely interested in seeing what he's doing in WWE is going to watch. And that that whoever his opponent is, by default, gets exposed to just a potential millions of people. I like it. I, I absolutely like it. And I never – I hate the fact that I want Paul Logan Paul to win the U.S. championship. I absolutely hate myself for that. But I can't deny how awesome – this kid is at this WWE wrestling thing and how much of himself he has given to it. Like he's serious about it. This is not just a, a, a thing that he's doing because he can, he's doing it because he wants to. Yeah. Some of the spots he's taken, like he's, yeah, you're only doing this if you actually love this stuff or you're getting right. paid an ungodly amount. And I don't think that's the case either. So, um, yeah. So, uh, sorry, Rob. Yeah, um, I think this is this is the odds-on favorite for it to be a title change. And like I said on GWI, um, like this is the belt to actually put on him because he's you know he's not going to beat Roman or Seth obviously, and he's not going to beat Gunther. So, and it's time it, it's time to put a belt on him because we do I think it, we're at the point now where you do need to add a little something to what he's doing. Because you know we've seen him, we've seen him do these matches. We know he can go, and I think we're we're kind of at a point now where we need where we do need to add something to it. Because other you know, because after a while it's just oh okay, well Logan's gonna have a match and he's gonna do some crazy stuff. Okay, great. And he's yeah. gonna start getting into the okay why territory. Like yeah. why are we doing this? And I think starting off 2024 with Logan Paul wearing a WWE championship of some kind is absolutely great business yeah and i think and it, it adds the thing you need to add to what he's doing um, yeah so i think yeah i think right. it's a no-brainer that he, he wins this here uh, it's just you know and again yeah i mean he can lose it at the royal rumble or look at or you know if, if they want to have the one one time he wrestles a tv match right i mean whoever would get that belt off of him in the tv match would that would be a big thing for them yeah um, so yeah, I think it's a no-brainer he wins it here. All right. So uh, penultimate match of the evening, we have Seth freaking Rollins defending his World Heavyweight Championship against uh, the you know big old jerk Drew McIntyre. Your favorite uh, person. I think. Yeah, we all know I love Andy. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, I I think Drew is going to take it from Seth. I just don't think it's going to be here. I think we, um, I think we finally get that the full heel turn and we get the full like Scottish psychopath again. Um, and the but this is the uh, this is the stepping stone that gets us there. But it's not the where he wins the belt. Uh, Rob. Okay, I think like I agree. Drew does not win the title here. Um, now here's where I'm going to interject. The, the the briefcase situation needs to be settled. All right. Either either if he's going to do it and if Damien's going to do it and 
walk away with the belt. We need to do it here. If he's going to cash it in and fail, I think we, we just need to do it here. Um, one way or the other. Because, again, like, well, it's like the opposite situation with EO, right? He's got four goons with him. There's no reason why they don't just walk out there and beat the shit out of Seth Rollins and cash in the briefcase. Yeah, like, why? I mean, it's not, and it's also, Seth isn't exactly going to have a parade of people coming to his, to his defense. Right. And and, <clears throat> and, he, and even then, they're outnumbered, right? I mean, right. right now, so, like, Sammy's in the building, Cody will be in the building, you, you know, Jay might happen to be there. But even then, they're still outnumbered five to four. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, I get, it's getting, like I said, it's getting to the point, like with EO, it's getting to the point where it's starting to not make sense. And, and also, again, just uh, let's pretend this is a real sport for a minute. You do finisher palooza on poor Seth, and then guess what? You cash in the briefcase. So it's a match. So those, so all 10 of them can come to the ring. And they can't do shit. That's well, yeah. So just yeah, when you look at it like a sport, it's like guys, you let's let's run the play. And and actually, in whether it's going to succeed or fail, it's I mean, because he hasn't even tried to cash it in yet. I don't think, or or he's walked to the ring menacingly a couple of times. Okay. Well, he did. Yeah, yeah, he's done it to a couple of guys. It needs to get settled one way or the other. Um, whichever, whatever they're going to do with it, whether he's going to win the belt or not, um, it needs to get settled. It needs to get settled here because we're having too many of these situations where, you know, where, where why didn't they come out there and beat the shit out of Seth Rollins? Um, like, because when we had it, it, both the Shinsuke matches on the paper, last two pay per views were exactly when they should have done that. Yeah, and they, and they didn't yeah. even walk out. We, we had a last man standing match that Seth barely survived, and you got Rhea Ripley in the back going, "No, today's not the time. Yeah. Now's not the time. Give me the briefcase. What better time than now? He's half dead. That's exactly the time. You know, right. fucking Big E came also, out while Bobby Lashley tweaked his knee. Why? Because it was absolutely the time to cash in. There's blood in the water, again, guys. Like you don't have to cash in right away. You know, let Rhea hit him with a riptide. Let Damien hit him with South of Heaven. And then cash in, you know? And then, yeah. And in this case, like, you don't even have to be strategic about it. You have five people. You have a group of five <laughs> exactly. people. You can walk out there whatever the hell you want to. Like, you don't have to have any strategy. <laughs> I don't think J.D. McDonough's going to be there. J.D. McDonough's going to be putting ice on his mouth for meeting a haluva kick. And also, we haven't got to the point where, unless you're going to do it here during the cash-in or whatever, and and attempted jumping or whatever, nobody's going to attack Rhea. So, you know, again, you have this foolproof, you know, do not pass go, do not collect $200, go directly to the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, and you, you just haven't pulled the trigger. Why? Yeah. It's definitely reach shit or get off the pot. Yeah, and like Love I said, here. you know, whether they plan on him actually winning the belt or they plan on it failing, <clears throat> you, it's some you you got to go through with the cash in attempt. It's, you, I mean, it's you got to do it. I mean, and just get it settled one way or the other, because then that way, obviously, if he you know if he wins the belt, then he wins the belt, and if it fails some kind of, type of convoluted way, then that you know then we get on to the next part of the Judgment Day story. How okay? Let me let me throw a few things out there. One, let's wipe all that off the table. I let's just say it is a straight up match between Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre. I love Seth. I it is historically documented on this podcast. Seth Rollins is my boy. That's my number one guy. I love this run. I love this title reign. I'm glad he got it. I'm glad he got an opportunity to do it. That being said. I have a sentimental place in my heart for Drew McIntyre and a sentimental place for his title reign during the pandemic. I think it flew way below the radar because of the situation we were in. I thought he had an incredible feud with Randy Orton. He had some incredible matches with Bobby Lashley. Like he was a damn fine champion at a time when WWE needed a damn fine champion. And I want to see what Drew McIntyre looks like as champion in front of an actual crowd. 
we never got that. You know, so there's a, a part of me that is a fan very much of wrestling story and a fan of Drew McIntyre that wants to see that. That being said, when we bring back in the uh, nuance of the Money in the Bank cash-in, how apropos would it be if Seth or if Drew beat Seth and then Damian Priest cashed in on Drew McIntyre that night and the whole of Judgment Day beat him down? Like, how nuts would he go if he finally achieves the thing, wins it, he got what he wanted, and in a breath, it's ripped away from him again. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, all right. So we're going to move on to the main event of the evening. Roman Reigns defending his uh, title, his undisputed WWE Universal Championship against L.A. Knight. Um, this program has been a lot of fun. L.A. has definitely stepped up to the plate, and um, I think he, the you know, not the sky's the limit, because the limit is whatever's underneath the WWE, undisputed WWE uh, Universal Championship, because I don't think he's going to win, but I think he's shown that he can be a player basically anywhere they uh, slot him in, so, uh, and I think this is the final test, because if Roman Reigns can't get a pretty damn good match out of you, then what are we doing here? So, uh, yeah, I look for the match, but I think he's going to deliver, So, and Roman's is going to be his usual GOAT self, and we're going to have a great damn good time, and LA Knight is going to look up at the lights at the end of the evening. DJ? This match is odd for me. I like... L.A. Knight. I really do. And there's a small part of me that would not be sad at all if he beat Roman. And I know it's not going to happen. So I'm not saying that's what I'm predicting. I find it odd that they're doing this match already. And that's got me concerned a little bit. Uh, And not for L.A. Knight, but more for Roman Reigns. This is a money match that you could do. You could slow burn this for another year or so. And I know that the payoff is eventually... Cody finishing the story and beating Roman Reigns for the, you know, undisputed universal championship. But LA Knight is a, is a money match somewhere down the road. I, I, I question why I kind of, I've talked about this on the show before. Sometimes when you do a match too soon, you take money out of the bag and I feel like they're taking money out of the bag here. And I'm, I'm curious as to why. And I know we've speculated in, in private chat Roman took quite a bit of time off over the summer. Like he was just absent for weeks and we were all a little concerned that maybe his health was an issue. Um, always, that's always a concern. And, you know, I, I wonder if this is a situation where we're not sure if we have a year, two years to build this match or to do this match down the road. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. So I, I think that I'm, I'm I, I think I definitely think Roman leaves with the championship. But I'm curious as to why they're doing this match so soon. And last I checked, wasn't LA Knight a Raw superstar? No, he's a he's a SmackDown guy. Is he SmackDown? Why did I think he was on Raw? Oh, well, because he, he just bounces between both shows. He came well, he, he came over there when he was doing the thing with the Miz. Okay, all right. So. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with like I, I just think it's a little odd that they're doing this match now when I think it's one that they could have built and done and made more money off of a year or two years down the road. Well, I mean, maybe it's just the fact that they're that Roman really is going to lose at WrestleMania and they're like, well, we got to do it now. Do it now, I, mean, I guess, while it means something. I guess so. Uh, I, I, I mean... If that's the case, then I would be like, well, I would just wait until Roman wins it back at SummerSlam then. Um, but that's just me. Um, but anyway, Rob, what do you got here? I think it's the opposite. I think they're, because in the past, people, they, they've been accused of waiting too long to do stuff also. So I think they might just be striking while the iron's hot and, you know, do it now because... We're still not sure how long this this wave is going to go with LA Knight. 
I mean, I mean he's not gonna be a jobber next week or anything, no, but right. um I think you know, if you're if you, you're if you're on the I inside there saying. I mean you you do have to I mean those are the type of things you think about. Like like do you know, do we think that he's gonna if we wait to do this, do we think he's gonna be able to maintain this kind of momentum for another six months or another year if we don't do anything, if we don't do the big match with him. Um, because waiting another six months or even a year while he, I mean, what's he going to do? He's going to, I mean, he already wrestled Miz. I mean, like who else is he going to feud with? Um, you know, I mean, so spending another six months or eight months or a year kind of holding, you know, just the, the wave may die down, and it probably will die down a little bit, right? Um, it, I mean, it's hard to maintain that kind of momentum for an extended period of time, which is all the reason why Roman's whole thing is that as remarkable as it is. Um, so I think they're just they're going to do it now um, because like a strike while the iron is hot, and we yeah, I mean, if they have no intention of him beating Roman anyway. Then. Um, they might just be thinking it's better to do it now than the, than the wait. And when when the wave may have died down a little bit. Can you see a scenario where Roman doesn't lose, but Roman doesn't win as a way of protecting LA Knight? Because I think oh. I, I have to feel like a straight up loss after the back and forth they've had over the last few weeks. I think a straight up clean loss for LA Knight may hurt him a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't think doesn't oh, even, Roman like, doesn't get to win clean anymore. Well, no, Roman is a heel champion, and, and so no, I mean, look, I mean, he didn't beat Sami Zayn, so he's not, I mean, it's perfectly fine to, to you know, to not beat LA Knight clean, right? Um, yeah, it, at the very least, he's going to have, like, a Heyman distraction, or, you know, so, or, you know, Heyman breaks out the mace again, or something like that, you know? Something, yeah, it's, a, he's not, like, he, he's not going to just beat him flat in the middle of the ring, one, two, three. <laughs> um, don't do that, people. Yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, I think, I mean, and look, and look, the thing about it, I mean, you have to make. I mean, this is this, and this is where it falls on LA Knight's shoulders. Like you, you have to maintain here. I mean, if if ultimately, if you know, if if as soon as you lose this one match, that's it. I mean, if people are going to give up on you. You know, after losing one match, then. This was kind of a fad anyway. Um, I, I guess. Into- I'm sorry. I, I guess the way to look at it is this is the same LA night and, and God bless and rest in peace. He survived that program with the fiend with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. And the match itself, I'll die on the hill that that Mountain Dew lights out match was awesome. It was, I'll die was, on that hill. Another, I'll defend awesome. that match to the death. There was nothing um, wrong. Not just because I'm sorry. There was, there was nothing wrong with that match at all, except for that, like after afterwards that stupid thing where Uncle Howdy fell like 50 feet or something. That was yeah. That that whole part was a no, little questionable, but no, Ellie, the, wrong. the feud it was all awesome, and that's why that if I mean I understand not wanting your whole show to be that, but you know once in a while, every six months or what, something wackadoo like that happens. God bless. That's why I yeah. like wrestling. But that that feud in and of itself as a whole was not spectacular. Um, And and L.A. Knight lost the battle, but he recovered from it and managed to do all right for himself. I think if he goes out in a blaze of glory against Roman Reigns, he's going to be okay. Yeah, Yeah, it's just I think it's a a matter of where does he settle in afterwards. And and, you could. Hey man, a little TLC. You could turn him into the. I. I wouldn't be my first choice, but you could turn him into the. Uh, the little engine that could against Gunther. Yeah. Oh, I think. Well, I you mean, got, I, you got him to the precipice against Roman Reigns. So I mean, yeah, or, the guy's shown he's talented enough. You could build him back up to that. And I mean, I could see him being the guy to beat Logan Paul for the U.S. title. Sure. I think. Um, and, but however this goes, look, I mean, I think we do need to, this is where I think we're as, as fans, we need to stop and kind of smell the roses a little bit. Um, this guy, you know, up until 
he was for a long time he was in impact wrestling when impact was in the mud and you know he was in nwa power for a little while um when he got signed to nxt a whole lot of you people who, who love him to death today i'm and i have not forgotten a whole lot of you people were really loud on social media saying why did you sign this guy hunter okay a whole lot of you people who are celebrating him today were wondering on social media very loudly why on earth did you sign this guy for nxt hunter okay so to go from that to being in a pay-per-view and then you know then a year ago he was the manager for the maximum male models right right um so to go from that to and then then we thought he was going to be dead and buried against the fiend and you know um so to go through all you know to overcome from all of that and here we are in you know november of 2023 at this late stage in his career for him to be on a pay-per-view main event with the biggest star in the wrestling business um like just everybody you know before we worry about what's going to happen to him in the match or what happened what happened to him next just stop in the pre just take a minute and look at the big picture here and be happy for the guy and be happy for how far he's come in a very short time one take that that i see a lot of and, and i to a small degree disagree with it like a lot of people saying he's not on roman's level okay as a notable character, one, not because he hasn't been in the business as long. He's obviously he's older than Roman. He's been around for, a God, 20 years. He just, to the to the WWE audience, they're still getting to know him. But I think as a character, what separates the greats from the good is that larger-than-life persona. And he has that persona. He's larger than life. He's out there. He's this this grandiose thing, and he's a fucking rock star. And that's what it takes to be a big name in the industry. And I think, you know, while obviously, you know, there's data that you can point to that says, obviously, Roman Reigns is a much bigger star than L.A. Knight. I think when you look at what's presented on your TV and you just watch that as it is, L.A. Knight is on Roman's level as an athlete, as a performer, as a as a talker, as an overall package. And, and so I, I disagree with the as a presentation. I'm not talking about social media engagements and online followers and all the other metrics and data that they use. I'm looking I'm strictly speaking about what's presented on our TV. I think L.A. Knight has it like he has the it factor. He's a larger than life cartoon character comic book character and i did that and and, and you know it's it, it's sad that it took him 20 years to get there i don't know why nobody saw the vision why nobody took a chance on him 10 years ago you know but also looking at the wwe landscape 10 years ago where do you fit an la night in it's like I, I wish the guy was 10 years younger because you've got 10 years worth of crap you could do with this guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, and no matter what happens, I don't think he's going to be hurt one iota. I mean, if if the fad, like Rob said, if it fades after this, it was going to fade no matter what. And um, but, but I don't think it's going to, for the record. Uh, I think he's going to be just fine. And okay. I believe that concludes our uh, portion, crown, uh, crown Jewel portion of the evening. All right. Well, Jason, thank you for running down the card. We had a good time with that one. Before we move any further here, I want to invite you, encourage you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shop. From there, you can browse, look out, peruse, if you will, all the t-shirts available from your favorite chair shot radio network podcast, including this very own podcast that you're listening to in your ear holes as we speak, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Go check out. We've got a t-shirt there. Pick one up. Starving artists on this show will thank you. Your body will thank you if you pick one in, pick one up in soft style. That is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. 
I think we're going to close out the show here. Just, uh, Jason, is there any anything going on in WWE or in the wrestling world right now that's got your eye or that you want to talk about or that's, you know, relevant? Uh, no, I, I think, you know, just when we, when we, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, I really have to look at the whole wrestling landscape and just appreciate where we're at. Um, because there's awesome stuff happening pretty much everywhere. And even, even with awesome stuff, uh, happening, Tony Khan continues to embarrass himself. Which is just delightful for me, even when there's awesome stuff happening for his his company and his cousin and his excuse me, re, uh, wrestlers who work for him that I like. So it's a win-win situation for me. And the most important thing to remember is that uh, Roman Reigns is in fact your tribal chief and the big dog of the World Wrestling Federation. That's all I got. Very important fact, right there, my friend. Rob, what about you? Anything newsworthy, noteworthy, or hot uh, take worthy? Well, I'm just I'm I'm very much. Uh, um, curious as to what happens next year with Impact Wrestling. They're going back to being TNA. Um, they are on. They really look to be on the verge of a real resurgence here. Uh, and the company that owns them, uh, Anthem, is is pumping in some money into the production side of it so that they have a better looking show. And because that that has been a drawback of theirs, even even as you know they done some really good booking and they've got some really good wrestlers there, but the, the show has looked low rent for some time now. Um, so with them getting some more money put into that, I think that's definitely going to help. And the biggest thing they need to do, they need a, they need a male wrestler, somebody who can, they can promote as a, big star on the male side of the division. Josh Alexander is a great wrestler. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot going on from a character standpoint. Sign uh, Trinity's work husband. Oh, oh yes. That would be great to see Dolph. Sign Dolph Ziggler yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's exactly somebody who could come in there and, you know, who could win your world title and have a great run as you and do all of his stuff. Um, that's, that's exactly, exactly who I would, cause you know, look, they don't have money to sign a bunch of people, obviously, but they can sign one, they can just sign one guy and, you know, pay him enough to make it worth his while. Dolph was exactly, I think would be right up the alley. Exactly. I'll say it. If they signed Dolph Ziggler and put the world championship on him, it would automatically be interesting, more interesting than anything the Jacksonville territory has going on immediately. And I say that with no hyperbole. And because uh, I mean, Scott Demore, the guy who, who runs all the stuff there, um, for me, it's, it's for, if you're talking about Booker of the Year, it's, it's him and Sean. And, yeah, I, I I call it even because Scott has a lot less resources to work with. So, I mean, I got given points with a degree of difficulty. But, um, I mean, the, those two guys are doing the best job of booking stuff, in my opinion, all year. Um, so I'm just really hoping, you know, for the best and hoping that, again, they can just land, they can land just, just one guy. Because, you know, they got it, you know, as long as Trinity is there, they're fine on the women's side. They've got a solid women's division, man. Yeah. Between and Trinity, Mickey's over there running the show. You got, uh, yeah. I think Jordan Grace is still in the mix. You got yeah. Deanna Perrazzo. They've got a hell of, of a knockouts division. Yeah. And now they just they just need somebody on the men's side who they can promote as like as, as a sports entertainer, basically. You know? Yeah. And I think I think you're right. Dolph would be absolutely wonderful for that. So here's the question. If they are truly trying to make her, because I, and I've said this and I've said this on, on Twitter or the, the app formerly known as Twitter. And I've said this in several different private chats and gotten clowned on all of it. I think with the right influx of money, the right influx of the right talent and the right TV deal. And this is the point that I'm trying to make to what's going to become TNA has a real shot at becoming the number two rep, uh, professional wrestling promotion in the United States. And that would bump 
Tony Khan's AEW to third. And I keep saying, Tony's so worried about chasing WWE and beating WWE. I keep saying he needs to look in the rearview mirror. I'm telling you, nobody buys it. Nobody believes me because of the access to the money that he has. And the fact that Impact does have limited, you know, TNA and Anthem do have limited resources. There's only so much they're going to do. But I think the key here is a TV deal because right now TNA slash Impact is on its own Anthem-owned network, I guess, for lack of a better word. And I think that limits their exposure. It does. Um, It really does. And that is the... That is the one real obstacle because um, if they were on if they were on a more well known cable channel, um, then they would I, then I would like their chances a lot better of catching up. To, Let me ask you this because Rob, I know you watch it a bit more, obviously quite a bit more than Jason or I probably do. With what they're putting on TV right now, let's say they got a a regular TV. Let's say they got. Um, NWA's CW deal. Do you think they would bring in viewers that were at least comparable to Collision? Do you think they could draw in four to six hundred thousand viewers on CW? Um, possibly. Uh, I like. Well, I got to see what I'd have to see what type of number CW does in in general. Yeah, that, that I don't know. Um, but. Put it this way, the uh, WOW Women Superheroes that comes on, syndicated on weekends, gets around th- between three and 400,000, usually. So, that number is definitely reachable. Okay. And and the WOW Women's Superheroes doesn't, I don't think, they don't have anybody on that show who is particularly well-known. You know, um, like, um, yeah, I mean, the, mo- the most well-known person they've had on there recently is, I think, Santana Garrett. And, like, she's not really that well-known. Um, right. I mean, she, she just has she, the benefit of working for WWE for a period of time. Yeah, and um, so they get three or 400,000 without anybody nationally really well-known. Um, I don't see why Impact couldn't get three or 400,000 in the right television spot. You know, on like I said, they're on the CW. Yeah, or if they were syndicated on weekends nationally. Yeah, yeah. I don't see why they couldn't get three or four hundred thousand, which is I mean, that's what Rampage does every week on Friday nights. And you know, on a bad night for Collision, it's they're in three or four hundred thousand. Um, so. Yeah. What would really tell the tale would be that that the shows, like the the attendance at the shows. You know, in as much as the ratings are important, the real tale is told at the uh, at the gate. Yes, and then uh, we're seeing that. I mean, that's really being borne out by what's going on with um, you know with AEW now and what's going on with WWE. Uh, because a lot of those other things, like TV ratings, are can be dependent on a bunch of outside factors. Um, attendance is purely people wanting to pay to come see your show. Right. Um, and so, I mean, Impact has been, you know, they moved up a little bit as far as the buildings are going to and you know the um their uk tour stuff is sold really well so they are you know they're kind of gradually climbing back up um you know they have still have a ways to go to get back to the point where they were at their peak but they are moving up in the world and like it's in the right spot i don't see why they couldn't get three or four hundred thousand viewers for tv and yeah. Just yeah. I mean, just unfortunately, Access TV is like buried down the TV listing, and and a lot like well, with cable channels in particular, like people don't scroll all the way down, but so far, so it's important for your channel to be like channel fifty or channel seventy five, and not channel two hundred. Um, most people don't scroll all the way down to channel two hundred, and um, and you know that's just human nature. That's not even any, got nothing to do with what's on the channel. Right, so, right. Um, they, you know, so they have to overcome that, and so yeah, a better channel would definitely put them in a better place. In fact, like Access TV is channel two fifteen on my cable thing here. Yeah, but, I probably would never scroll that far down. And and that's the problem, and that that is a problem for them. Uh, if they were on channel sixty, we'd be having a much different conversation. Yeah. Um, but. 
there's no reason why they can't continue to make progress. Uh, and put it this way, I think they could they, they could become the number two company for the people for us in the bubble. If, if more people in the bubble start paying attention to them and you know, more of us continue to talk them up. Well, and that's that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make is Tony Khan and AEW keep slipping backwards um, and TNA slash impact keeps inching forward. And somewhere there's got to be a meeting. You know, like now I understand there is still a large gulf between number two and impact, you know, but I, I over the next year, two years, if the, the current trends continue because you know tony's tony's the ball you know is damaged his goodwill within the bubble you know the 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 hardcore diehards that were you know ride or die with him from day one are dwindling that's fact i see it on my timeline every day because you know that's something interesting because okay give the give give them an alternative to the alternative and suddenly after a couple months of people you know getting sick of the stuff in Jacksonville, we might be having a different conversation. Yeah. Because well, let me just say, I mean, the, the past few months of Dynamite, it, it's been bad. Okay. Not not bad, you know, according to us e-drones. It's just been bad, period. Okay. Yeah, it's just been bad television from what I understand. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, I mean, it's been, it's been bad. And, and you know what? And, you know, as much as it pains us here at the show to say some of that is due to the absence of one Mr. Philip Jack Brooks. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know, we all said what we wanted to about that guy, but, you know, him being there absolutely, the, the kind of creative direction things were going in there was actually definitely better with him playing a role in it. And To, to be fair, we never once downplayed his importance. Yeah. We, we said what mm-hmm. we said about him as a person, but we've never once questioned his importance in the industry and you're saying that they're now put over collision and he was a big part of collision yeah Yeah. collision was the one show of theirs i would have watched regularly yeah well you for you know you guys know one of my favorite types of wrestling shows is the ones that feels like you know saturday morning saturday night wrestling yeah and that's what that's what collision felt like yeah and you know, and he was he was actually there were some people there he was doing you could see his definitely see his influence on how they were being booked and now it's kind of fallen by the wayside with some of those folks again. So but yeah, it's just I mean the dynamite recently has been bad. Again, bad just by any measure. And so there's definitely room for somebody to catch up to them, you know, under the right circumstances. But again, but just like you said that Tony shouldn't be, you know, obsessed with catching up to WWE. If I were Impact, I would not be obsessed with catching up to AEW. I would just no keep know, making the moves that you're making and let natural natural progression happen. Yeah, and if yeah. it happens, awesome. If it doesn't, awesome. Number three in this game is still pretty damn good. And and I would say they're in a much more manageable number three um, because with AEW, I mean. The wheels could fall off at any moment now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think Impact is in, or is in a much more manageable position now. And they very smartly, you know, they don't poke the bear. You know, they... Also, they... Uh, quick side note, I have it on right now. And Moose, well, I mean, this, this is going to hit the ear kind of funny. But Moose absolutely just laid some girl out with a big boot. In a mixed tag team match. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff they're doing over there. They're they're already balls to the wall, mixed tag. They're not weird about it. It's It, it just is what it is. Yeah, they'll so, do intergender yeah, wrestling over there, which some people like. Right. Um, and you, you can have your feelings on it, but also you can't deny that they're doing awesome stuff with this women's division. Yeah, and well, also when they do the intergender stuff, they don't do silly shit like yeah, you know, they no, don't, they don't. They don't have a you know five foot hundred pound woman doing Canadian destroyers on some three hundred pound guy, and you know. No, for, forgive me. I don't know this girl's name, but she's not. She's not exactly Alexa Bliss taking this. This. Uh, yeah. You know, she looks like oh, she's Dana Prazo size. Who's size? Who's the other lady in this match? 
Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, and they they just sold it, and it happened, and there you go. We're moving on. It wasn't, it, you know. So yeah, yeah they impacts doing some some stuff right. No, I would say the next twelve to twenty four months, you know, below WWE, that whole field is going to be interesting to watch over the next year to two years. I, I truly think it is. You know, you've got, and we won't get too far about this. We can talk about this a little bit next week. Whole bunch of people from MLW requesting their releases. Uh, right. Hammerstone, uh, uh, the Fatou. It's, we can get into that more next week. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot going on below the WWE sphere that I think we could talk about and have a whole discussion on. So Ooh. let's call the go home there. We can get out of here a little bit early tonight. Gentlemen, it's been a fun show. It's been good to have uh, the three of us back. I always enjoy having, you know, guest hosts on here. Tony, Ray Cash, always welcome on here. But I like my comfort zone. I like my guys. I like my boys. Uh, You know, we've got a good synergy here. And, you know, I enjoy that. And I'm glad to have it back here this week. It's always fun to see, you know, Kurt Angle or someone put on the the vest for the night. Nice, but... You, when you want the triple power bomb, only the triple power bomb will do. <laughs> only the shield will do. That's right. And I'm going to go back around the room here and thank my co-host, starting with from the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob. Another fun show tonight, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. And Jason, again, glad to have you back, sir. Good to be back. Thank you, gentlemen. This is a lot of fun, as always. Yep, always a good time. And again, I'm DJ. You've been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Again, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. Remember to always use your head. As I always say, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring, and we're out of here until next week. <laughs>